love he bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Uh, why don't you stand? You've been seated for a while. At least I'll guarantee you'll be awake at the beginning of the message. Turn your Bible, if you would, to, and I'm having a little glare on that, but I think I'll be able to deal with it. Uh, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We'll read a couple verses there. And uh, I think, am I on the uh, lapel? Is, is that what I'm on here? So I can push that one aside and I'm on this. I'm good. Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 12, and I forgot to turn to it. I didn't put a mark there, but I think I can find it. Uh, my voice is a little raspy. I'm not sure if it's the uh, medicine I've been taking that try and you know deal with the allergies and all that, or if it's you know a couple three days at camp, uh, one or the other. But anyhow, uh, we'll see. I think it will work out well tonight. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse one says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy." acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, I'm going to preach tonight on uh, being surrendered to God, surrendered to God's will. Uh, the, uh, you know, sometimes folks might say, well, being surrendered to God's will, that's a message for young people then. Uh, but it isn't. Uh, all of us at all of our age ought to be, uh, you know, at every age ought to be surrendered to God's will. Uh, surrender, and far as that goes, being surrendered to God's will doesn't just have to do with what career am I going to pursue or, uh, you know, who should I marry. Uh, being surrendered to God's will has to do with pretty much everything in our life, I think. And uh, we'll come back to that and then show you that out of the Bible. Uh, but anyhow, let's have a word of prayer. Father, pray that you would bless this time tonight. Thank you for Brother O'Donnell for this good church. We pray you'd bless it and uh, bless our time here. We pray, Holy Spirit, you'd speak to hearts. Thank you for the singing. Thank you for these girls and their love for God. Their good, sweet spirits. Be with those with heartaches tonight. Help them, we pray. Bless in the service tonight. We pray it'd be a help and a blessing to those that are here. And God, help us be better servants of yours, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. The, uh, let me get my wife to remain standing. I usually do that uh, just for a minute. I want you to know her down here on the second row. She and I have been traveling together for 41 years now. Uh, it will be on August 2nd. And uh, I try and say that every time. That way I won't forget when August 2nd comes around. Uh, but anyhow, I uh, appreciate her and appreciate the girls. But anyhow, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I want to talk to you, preach to you tonight about being surrendered to the will of God. And, uh, you know, I've worked with young people a long time. We've been talking about that. And in that time, I've heard a lot of messages about being surrendered to the will of God. Uh, because people preach to young people that you ought to be surrendered to the will of God. As far as that goes, I've preached quite a few messages to young people and to college students. Uh, they're still young people, at least when you're my age, they're still young people. And, uh, you know, you, you, I've preached a lot of messages that you ought to be surrendered to the will of God. Uh, some of this, I, I got thinking, working this past spring and thinking, you know, I want to preach a message on being surrendered to God's will and I want to have a new message on that. And so I thought, you know, let me look up the word surrender in my Bible and then I can get a text and, and maybe get some ideas and find how it's used in the Bible. I thought that'd be a good way to come up with a message. And so anyhow, I looked at Esword, I'm sure, first and uh, looked, typed in the word surrender 
and it came back with nothing. So I tried surrendered, and I tried it with more R's and less R's and uh, so on like that. And, and uh, eventually I just figured out, you know, ESORT says it's not there. And so I tried the little, uh, you know, Bible concordance type thing I've got on my phone, and it said it wasn't there. I think I even looked back at the old paper uh, lexicon I have. Finally, I f- figured out that the word surrender isn't in the Bible, in, in the King James Bible, anyhow. And, uh, wasn't, you know, not even, I thought at least some army would have surrendered to some other army or something, but the word just isn't there. Uh, again, now, so... Uh, and in some ways, in preaching about being surrendered to the will of God, uh, you know, for years I've not especially liked the word, even though I use it, uh, you know, because you know, surrender sounds like something bad, right? I mean, you know, you surrender when the enemy's got you surrounded. Uh, we visited the Alamo earlier this summer with the girls. We were down, preaching down in Texas and had a part of a day there. Hold anyhow, went down and visited the Alamo, and you think you had 156 uh, patriots in there and uh, 6,000 of Santa Ana's men have them surrounded. And Santa Ana said, "Are you going to surrender?" Well, they didn't, of course. They fired back with a cannon volley and said, we're not going to surrender. We're going to fight to the death. They held up Santa Ana's army long enough for, you know, and they died in there. But you think of surrender, you know, that'd be the kind of thing where, well, I guess if we surrender, at least we'll live. We may be tortured. We may be in prison camp for a while. Hopefully someday we'll be able to get out, but at least we'll be alive. And I guess it's one step better than dying. And uh, you know, and when you surrender to God's will, I mean, God's will's not a bad thing. God's will's a good thing. And uh, you know, I mean, uh, I ought to be, you know, anyhow, uh, surrender. So I, I kind of like the word yield better. You know, certainly God has a will for my life, and I ought to follow God's will for my life. Uh, I like the word yield better than I'd like the word surrender. Again, I use both. And, uh, you know, maybe your pastor preached last Sunday that you ought to be surrendered to God's will, and I agree with that. But I kind of like the word yield better. Uh, I looked up the dictionary definition of surrender, and it says, uh, give up upon compulsion or demand, as in surrender to an enemy. Uh, and, you know, and then incidentally, we go on from there sometimes as preachers and we talk about how difficult the ministry is and how rough it is and, uh, all the burdens and heartaches and financial hardships that we go through and how tough it is. And then we come to the young people and say, you ought to surrender to God's will. And we wonder why none of them want to do it. Yeah, right. and you may, you find a few that say, well, I guess I will, you know, I mean, I guess I owe it to God. He did die for me. I, I suppose I'll do it. It'll be hard, but I'm going to go. But look, the ministry is one. Are there hardships in the ministry? Sure there are. Do you cry sometimes? Absolutely. But there's nothing hard about serving God. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. I'd rather serve God than anything. I'd ra- I wouldn't trade the ministry for anything in the world. The opportunity to help people, the opportunity to serve God. I mean, you ought to be jumping into the ministry. And, uh, you know, anyhow, as I look at, as I think about that word a little bit more, I thought of the text in Romans 12, 1, I started reading that carefully in a new way. And, uh, and I've read it, I, you know, hundreds of times, I'm sure. And, uh, anyhow, but reading it again, I thought about the text there. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, not that you surrender your life or your will to God's will. It doesn't say that. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that ye present your body a living sacrifice, right? Now, if I'm going to present my body a living sacrifice, then I'm taking the initiative. If I surrender, God captures me and drags me off. 
and I'm going to prison camp, you know, bread and water, bamboo cage, all that stuff. But I'm surrendered to the will of God. And, uh, you know, but on the other hand, if I present myself, then I'm, I'm kind of volunteering. It's like presenting myself for duty, sir, a military type phrase. And Romans 12 says, look, in light of everything that God did for you, in light of the fact that he saved you, in light of, and you're reading through Romans and how lost we were in chapters 1, 2, and 3, and he redeemed us by his blood, and he's given us, in 4 and 5, given us victory over sin, 6, 7, and 8, all that good stuff, and everything leading up to Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in light of all those good things, that you present your body, you take the initiative, go to God, and say, God, I want to serve you today. You ought to take the initiative. And young people, by the way, and I'm looking mostly, I guess, down here, and some of you scattered here there, you ought to take the initiative and say, God, I want to serve you with my life. There's nothing wrong with volunteering to be in the ministry. That's a good bit of my testimony, as far as that goes. I mean, you know, I graduated from an Ivy League school, had a math major, had other things. It wasn't like I did this because it was all I could do. But I thought, I want my life to count for God. I want to do something that's going to make an eternal difference. I don't want to make money for somebody else. I want to serve the Lord. Amen. Dr. Jack Trever's testimony, basically he volunteered to serve God. John R. Rice basically volunteered to serve God. Was teaching English at the University of Chicago. You read it in his books. Was teaching English at the University of Chicago. Went down to the Pacific Garden Mission one night. Preached, led an old bum to the altar at the, to the Lord at the altar. Smelly, dirty, fellow got saved, trusted Christ as Savior. Dr. Rice went back the next night to, for the mission again. The fellow was there, cleaned up. Said, don't you remember me? And Dr. Rice said, no, I don't. He said, I'm the guy that got saved last night. I'm a new man now. Dr. Rice said, God, I think I'll just do this. This is better than teaching English. And uh, you don't want me to stop me, but I think I'm going to try serving you full time. I'd rather do this than teach English. Now, I'm still teaching math, some. But, you know, why don't you just decide, I want to serve God. First, First Timothy 3, 1 says, If any man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. I guess then a bishop, a pa- another word for pastor in the Bible, I guess it's okay to want to be a preacher. That's what it says. If any man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. And you ought to be eager to serve God. Certainly you ought to be surrendered or yielded to do whatever God wants you to do to your li- in life. You ought to present yourself to serve God that way. If you've never told God that you're going to do whatever He wants you to with your li- life, you ought to do that tonight. And yet then you ought to volunteer or present yourself to Him. After all, He purchased you, right? I mean, save me. I, I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. Therefore, I'm supposed to glorify God in my body and my spirit, which are His. I don't belong to myself. I belong to him. I ought to serve him. He loves me. He knows what's best for you. I like the statement somebody made years ago. God always gives his best to those who give, leave the choice up to him. My wife and I have three children, nine grandchildren. We love to give to them. You know, we, we, we don't get to Christmas and say, well, what's the least we can spend? I suppose we're going to have to spend at least 10 bucks. If we don't, they'll think we're cheap. Sometimes, you know, they'll come and say, Grandma, Grandpa, could I have this? And we'll say, sure. Sometimes they say, oh, whatever you want. Sometimes they wind up a whole lot better off that way. 
You know, I had one of them tell me once I owed her three dollars. It was my daughter. I owed her three dollars and eighty-two cents or something or other. I don't know. I gave her the three dollars, and and I did. And I gave her the three dollars and eighty-two cents. But she'd have gotten more if she'd have done it a different way. And she figured that out since. Because God always gives His best to those who leave the choice up to Him. And uh, it leads to an abundant life. John ten ten. I am come that you may have life, that you may have it more abundantly. I mean, you ought to volunteer to serve God. You ought to be eager about serving God. Now, most of us, I think, have uh, set a, made a decision in our life. And, and again, you ought to, one of the things I believe about Bible college and why you ought to go to Bible college before I get into the other, let me, let me stay here for a minute. One of the things, you know, I, I, just, I mean, there's a need in this country. Somebody asked me, Brother Taylor asked me uh, Tuesday night, talked for 10 minutes about why somebody ought to go to Bible college. And I said, well, number one, because this country needs you. Amen. Country's going to hell. Everybody, I mean, it's obvious to anybody. You, you just, I'm almost to the point I can't watch the news. I get depressed. And say, well, don't you want to know what's going on? I watch enough to barely know what's going on. But at some point, I just, I can't listen to it anymore. That Supreme Court decision over Obamacare and everything, I mean, that, that discouraged me. I can't have my spirit discouraged and he'd be up there. As far as that goes, I'm not trusting the Supreme Court or the president or anybody else. I'm trusting in God. And uh, whether this nation gets saved or not isn't going to depend on that. It's going to depend on churches like this winning and having enough righteous in the land where God is going to spare his judgment. That's what I believe. I think that's what the Bible teaches. And based on that, and we need young people that are going to go out and say, God, I want to serve you. I want to do it. We need preachers and preachers' wives. We need youth directors and youth directors' wives. We need school teachers and school teachers' wives. We need somebody to step up to the plate and say, I'm going to take my swing. I'm going to, I'm going to give the devil a lick, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do what I can to serve God. I also believe that you ought to go to Bible college in because you need to be trained to do the work that you're supposed to do. I believe you do more in 49 years with good, uh, in 45 years with good preparation than you will in 49 years without it. I think that makes sense. Had a young man come up to me uh, this summer, distant state, about 20 years old, and I thought when he came up to me, I thought, I remember him. He's the guy I tried to talk into coming to Bible college two years ago when we were in this church. He's been out of high school two years now. And I said, how are you doing? He said, oh, I'm the youth director here now. I thought, oh, I said, I don't know. I said, that's nice. I mean, what am I supposed to say? And we chatted a few minutes, and he said, Brother Jorgensen, who do you have up there that I could call? To find out how to be a youth director. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And I thought, son, that's why, I, I didn't say this, but I thought, son, that's why I tried to talk you into coming to Bible college two years ago. I, I think you need preparation if you're going to do the work. And uh, I, I just, I, I, believe, I believe in prepar- I believe in being prepared. I think you need to be grounded. And I know you've received doctrine and teaching here, but you, know, you come to Bible college, you take it another level in some of those classes. And, you know, why do you believe? You know, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, wait a minute. Does that mean I have to get baptized to be saved? No. My pastor said it doesn't. Yeah, but what does it say in there? Somebody said, and you say, well, I'm confused now. Come to Bible college, we'll teach you that. Well, why do, I don't believe in doing this and that. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've just never done that. Well, why? I don't think drinking's wrong. I'm not supposed to drink beer or wine. Yeah, but Jesus drank wine, somebody says. And you say, yeah, but I mean, and they say, and, and first thing you know, you say, I don't really know. 
Or they come up with verses over in Proverbs where, you know, he says, give to the, give to the, uh, poor, you know, and him that's about ready to die, give him drink and so on and so on. And you say, what does that mean? You see, you're supposed to give people drink. And you say, now wait a minute, what is it? We cover all that. Teach that in college. That doesn't mean you're supposed to drink. And, me, you know, and all that stuff. You say, well, Brother Jordan, ask your pastor after church. Ask me. I don't care. And, uh, but I, you know, I'm not preaching, but I'm saying you need to get grounded. Your soul winning will pick up. It'll be a good place to mature where you're mature, where you're growing with other Christians that love God and want to serve Him and get involved in the ministry. I mean, I just, I believe in going to Bible college. I think it's a great thing, at least for a year. I think you ought to be surrendered. I think you ought to do whatever God wants you to do. And I, I don't know that it's God's will for everybody to do it. I'm not saying that. Certainly you ought to be yielded to doing whatever God wants you to do. And I think it's not wrong to volunteer for the ministry or volunteer and say, God, I want to serve you. As far as that goes, if you're 64 years old like me, or 54, or 44, or 34, or 80, or 74, it's not wrong to volunteer and say, God, I want to serve you too. Say, well, you know, yeah, but I, I'm too old to go into ministry. You can still serve God. You have Bible school next week? I, I think, you know, you probably could still use some more help. You know, if somebody else showed up and said, you know, could I help serve brownies or something? Or if I brought in a couple dozen brownies a day, would that be okay? That'd be all right? Or somebody, you know, I mean, it's not too late in life to volunteer to serve God. We had, we had one of the ladies in our church came, Brother Fugit, and said, you know, my health is bad. I can't get out and go soul winning. I can't do everything. And I see these sweet young girls in Bible college wanting to go. And I thought, I got money. I don't know what I can't, you know, I, I can't hardly spend it. I can write a check and help pay their bills. And wrote a check for several thousand dollars. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not too late in life to volunteer. All of us ought to be volunteering to serve God. So I guess that's what you do when you get out on a bus route on Saturday morning. You know, those things don't run themselves, and the, or Sunday morning to run it and Saturday to visit it. You say, well, I don't know how, but anyhow, uh, you ought to volunteer to serve God. You ought to get involved in that. Again, let me talk to, now let me switch gears a little bit and talk to some, most of you. And you're thinking maybe even back to the teenagers, and I'll apply it to the rest of you again. But I think teenagers, a lot of times, we get the idea that we made a decision at camp or in a youth conference or a Sunday night church service or in teen meeting or someplace. I made a decision when I was 14, 13, 17 to surrender to God's will. So I am surrendered to God's will, and that's, I'm done. <laughs> I don't have to make decisions anymore. I'm already surrendered. I already told God when I get done with high school, I'll do whatever he wants. And you kind of put it, teens, sometimes you kind of put it on cruise then, from 14 to 18, because I'm surrendered. I'll go to Bible college if God wants me to. I'll do whatever he wants me to in my life. I, I, but, you know, you kind of just throw it to cruise. And uh, then, you know, as far as that, then you say, okay, I'll go to Bible college. You get into Bible college. And then <laughs> my Bible college students feel like, obviously, I'm surrendered to God's will. I'm here in Bible college, aren't I? I feel like obviously I'm surrendered to God's will. I'm a preacher, aren't I? But it's not that. And, and you kind of just, we kind of throw it in cruise and we forget about God's will or being surrendered or yielded or presenting ourselves for His service. 
in our daily life? You know, if, if I am surrendered to God's will or yielded to His will in my life, it's not just the big intersections when I need to come to Him. I ought to ask Him what to do every day. If I'm, again, if I'm a surrendered to God's will, it affects my life today. Being yielded or surrendered or having presented my body to serve Him means that, that I present myself to him for, him for His service. That means when I got up this morning at 6.45 or so, I went to God and I said, God, I want to present myself to serve you today. And God didn't say, oh, you did that 30 years or 43 years ago when you went into the ministry. I don't, I don't even have anything for you anymore. You're on your own now. God didn't, if you did that, teenagers at 17 years old this morning, and God didn't say, well, oh no, you're already surrendered at 14. I don't have anything for you. You're on your own today. Do whatever you want. No, God, when I presented myself to serve God this morning, he said, good thing. Good to see you, Brother Jim. Read this book. And I sat down and read, well, I found some coffee someplace in there too. That was it being in there. It's got to be part of it. But found me some coffee and stumbled around till I got a little bit awake and light in our room was, wasn't real good. And as I get older, I need more light and turned on the lights and got my flashlight and sat down and, uh, and read this book. Read a few chapters, let God speak to my heart. Teenagers, adults, too far as that goes. If you say, oh, I'm surrendered to God's will, but you don't have a, any relationship with the Bible. If you're not reading the Bible day by day, you're not surrendered to God's will. Now, you may have told him you'll do whatever he wants you to when you get done with high school, and that's a good decision to have made. I'm in favor of that. But if I'm surrendered to God's will, that means I present myself for his service. And when I go to him and present myself for service in the morning, God says, okay, good, read my book. He says, after you get done with that, why don't you spend some time in prayer? If you don't have a prayer life, you're not presenting yourself to serve God. As I present myself to serve God day by day, it affects me today. Not just one day or next time, you know, when, oh yeah, when we moved from California to Lexington, I had to know God's will in the matter and I had to be yielded to God's will and what He wanted me to do. That was a big intersection of my life. And, and certainly, you want to be yielded to God's will at intersections of your life. And every place I've been, I've left on good terms. Or, you know, I've been back to preach everywhere I've left. Well, I haven't been back to preach at Holland Park, but, that, but anyhow. Uh, but I left there on good terms, too. And, uh, you know, but, but, but it was God's will, and I, I needed to know what he wanted me to do. And, uh, and I found it. I know I'm in God's will, but, but being, just being in Lexington or being vice president of Commonwealth Baptist College isn't all of God's will for my life. He's got a will for me today. Same as yours. He wants me to read this book. He wants me to spend time in prayer. If I'm yielded to God, when I get dressed, I wear clothes that are going to glorify Him. You know, I, I think, and I was joking with Brother Hamilton this morning. I said, well, you know, I'm at, we, we just left the camp and it's dusty up here and loading up everything this morning. Didn't really do a whole lot. I got jeans and a t-shirt on. I said, maybe, I think I'll need a, maybe I'll just come preaching that. What do you think? And he said, I don't think that would go real well. I, I hope he thought, where'd you go? Uh, he's probably discipling. Uh, but he, uh, you know, I, I think he thought I was joking, but I was anyhow. I, I, uh, when I'm on vacation, I wear a shirt and tie to church, a coat. 
I, I carry them with me. I just, I just want to look my best when I go to church. Which, you're saying, Brother Jorgensen, that's your best? I, I, I know. That's all I got, you know. And, uh, but anyhow, when I get dressed, I wear clothes that are going to glorify him. There's some things I don't even buy and put in my wardrobe. Some things, gals especially, too. I mean, you, you should, and, and guys you say, oh, this one's got all these marks on it. And this, oh, no, that one wouldn't glorify God. Can't do that. When I get, if I'm presenting myself to serve God as a teenager, when I'm with my parents, I obey them. You can't be right with God and wrong with your parents as a child. As far as that goes, you're supposed to honor them at all times. I'm always supposed to honor my parents. Both my parents are in heaven today. I still ought to honor them. I, I mean, you know, they weren't perfect, but you won't find it out from me. And I want my life to bring honor to my parents. I ought to honor them the re- all of my life. If I present myself to serve God when I listen to music, I ought to listen to Christ-honoring music. And uh, some of this, you know, thing with the young people here and, and so on. And, uh, you, know, you, know, you can put so much back in the day, you know, we used to check uh, eight tracks. I've forgotten which ones came first when Bible college students have to come move in the dorms. You had to turn in your eight tracks. We make sure they were all okay and didn't have bad music on them. Someplace that switched to cassettes or maybe it was cassettes to eight tracks. I don't remember. And we listened to those. I had somebody would listen to those things and make sure all the music was okay. And then we went from that to the CDs. And now you take this little, where'd my iPhone go? You take this little thing and you put more information on there and more music and you hide it here and there in folders. Listen to it with your earbuds and nobody knows what you're listening to. But he does. And you can't, look, if I'm yield, if I presented myself to serve God in the morning, get it back in there without dropping it, I banged it on the pulpit one day, I thought, wait, that wasn't real good. And I had brass buttons on my sport coat, and, I, and they clanked, and I thought, oh, no. But anyhow, uh, you know, as I, as I serve God, if, if, I pre, if I go to God in the morning and say, God, I want to present myself to serve you, I gotta listen to music that's gonna glorify God. I gotta listen to music like I heard tonight or like you'd hear at the other Bible colleges that are that you'd have in to pre to present music, or you hear from your church choir here in church. I, I gotta listen to Christ honoring music. That means if I'm around lost people, I ought to witness to them. If I say, God, I want to present myself to serve you today, then at least sometimes when I'm around lost people, God's gonna tap me on the heart and say, on the shoulder and say, You gotta to witness to this one. Give them a tract. I challenge some of you, maybe you say, well, I just don't do that. I've never done it. Wouldn't know how to do it. Well, come out, there's a program here, they'll teach you. But you know what all of us could do? We could all pick up five tracks on our way out of the church tonight. I, I saw you got them out there, don't, I think. A lot of tracks. We could all pick up five tracks. Say, I'm going to give these to somebody before next Sunday. Or before next Wednesday. Give me a week to do it. Maybe somebody at the gas station, maybe a waitress. Maybe I'm pumping gas and there's somebody next to me and I say, here. <laughs> Not really good at talking. I just say, here, here's something for you. Get back in the car. Say, what good would that do? You never know. I'll tell you story after story if you want to stay till 9 o'clock. About tracks and how God's used them. 
But if I'm presenting myself to serve God when I'm with lost people, I witness. When it's time, if I'm presenting myself to serve God, I go on the soul-winning program of the church. I get involved in the ministries of the church. When the pastor, the assistants ask me to have a part in a ministry there, I say, sure. I told God this morning I wanted to serve him today. You're asking me to teach a class in Bible school? That'd be a good opportunity to serve him. And you may think, well, I couldn't teach it as well as somebody else could. And I probably, I know I'm not the preacher a lot of other people are. But I get to do it. Amen. And I'm not going to lose a chance. Amen. As far as that goes, you find people that would be better at a lot of stuff in Bible college work than I am. I wouldn't love the students any more than I do. But uh, when it's time, I get involved in the soul winning program of the church. When I talk with others, my conversation honors God. If I'm presenting myself to serve God, you know, there's some conversations I just can't enter into. Maybe, it, well, not at the college at work, but out in the world at work. I've been had secular jobs here or there at times, and people have said to me once in a while, Jim, you, you, may, you may want to take a break right now. we got something else going on. Or we're going over here, you may want to stay away from where we're going. And there's a part, my carnal part thought, what? You know, probably like you did, wonder what they were doing. And, uh, you know, or, or, you know, boy, I like being included. But my spiritual part said, that's a good testimony. That's keeping me out of trouble. And some of that stuff, criticism, negativism. If I'm, a, if I'm presenting myself to serve God, I can't be a part of being that, that, that kind of conversation. I'm not going to tear down people. Say, so, well, it's true. Talebearer spreadeth. Ruins lives and ruins his own. Who cares? I, I want to serve God with my life. I want to be involved in doing what he wants me to do. I don't have time to listen to some discourage, unless I got some reason to be able to help somebody. I, I want to serve God. I want to go to God in the morning. I did go to him this morning. I didn't stand up, but I, but I did say to him, God, I want to serve you today. I will present myself to serve you. I want to take advantage of the opportunities. I've gotten some work done to serve God. Worked on Bible college some today. Drove a while. I think encouraged a couple of the girls that had some heartaches. One of them got a call today. Her sister has an infant, two-week-old child that's probably born with severe birth defects, probably going to heaven in a few days or hours. And they got to stand up here and sing and smile. And others have had other stuff like that. Nine weeks, a long time be out. Life goes on. I want to serve God. I want to make a difference for him. I want to present myself. I don't want to wait for God to hogtie me and drag me off. I want to say, God, I want to present myself to serve you. You're a wonderful God. You've given me great opportunities. I want to do what I can for you today. 64 years old, I don't have the stamina I had at 44. But I want to keep serving you as long as I can. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed.